Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 18th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. I want you to know that greater is coming for you as a born again, blood-bought believer. God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. And as you walk out those plans, as you discover what God planned for you to to have and to do while you're in the land of the living, as you make your life all about him, as you make your life about God and not about you, and you walk out those plans, God's plans are better than your plans. I'm telling you, if you live that way, not selfish, not about you, greater is coming for you. So this is part 68 of the overall series. And the title of today's message is, I want you to look at me when I say this. The title of today's message is, God will blow your mind. We have a God that can blow your mind. When God finally does it, I mean, God will do it in such a way. He, we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think or even imagine. Why? Because God's plans are better than our plans. When God does it, God will blow your mind. Let's talk about it. So today I'm dealing with 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and so here we go. We've been dealing with uh, the life of David for about 14 weeks now. And so we studied the life of Joseph for, for a little bit longer than that before we got into the life of David. Uh, and as we've been studying this life, I know that some of you may be thinking, man, Rick, will you keep saying that he's going to be the king of Israel? He's going to be the king of Israel. He's going to be the king. How long is this going to take? Like, you know, I mean, didn't the prophet come into his house and anoint him to say, you are going to be the king of Israel? Uh, and I, you know, of course that's what happened. And I, and I keep telling you because that's, what's going to happen, but that's how it is with us. God calls us to do something, but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. Yes. He was called to be the King of Israel. The problem is that nobody knows like the space between, let's say God gives you a promise right here. Nobody knows the space between the promise and the performance, right? Here's the promise and here's the performance of it. That space could be seconds. I love it when it's seconds. That space could be minutes. That space could be weeks. That space could be months. That space could be years. And that space could even be decades. And I know I don't like to talk about that, but it's the truth. And that's how it could happen. So at the end of the day, you have to continue to believe God. Was he anointed and appointed? Yes. Was he destined? Yes. But he had to wait on the manifestation of God's timing. He had to wait for God's due season to come in this life. And that's why as you walk and live by faith, there's a level of mystery to walking with God. There's, you, you're not going to have all the answers. God is not going to tell you everything up front. God is not going to tell you everything that you're going to have to go through because if he did, you would run the other way. God is not going to tell you when something is going to happen because if he did, you would be like, forget it. I'm not waiting that long. So at the end of the day, you may have an idea of what 
you are believing God for. I know what God said. Okay, you think you know what, but let's say you have an idea of what. Well, you don't know how unless God tells you how. You don't know when unless God tells you when. But what you need to know is who. Now, I, I, I think I know what. I'm not sure if I know what. When God does it, his what may be better than my what. I don't know how because God hasn't told me how. I don't know when because God hasn't told me when. But you, what I do know is who. I know, my God, I'm going to deal with this scripture later. I know in whom I have believed. If you believe God, if your confidence is in him, you may not know all the details. He may not give you all the specifics. You may not know the the. the the date. You can't put it on your calendar, but you know in whom you believe. You know who your confidence is in. You are getting up every morning and saying, I believe God. I am a, a child of the most high God. I have faith in God. Say amen to that. So in David's case, David thought he knew what, right? I'm going to be the king of Israel, right? But why? Because God told them he was going to be the king in no unclear terms. So come hell or high water, David had to be the king of Israel. Why? Because God cannot lie. If God said it, he has to perform it. If he declared it, he has to make it good. When David was in that cave, he was like, I know I got to be the king of Israel. There's no way. When he was on the run, he was like, I know I got to be the king. I mean, have you ever been there? Like, you know, God gave you a promise and you know, you're waiting on it, believing God for it. But what's in your heart, when you go in your prayer closet, you can see it. But when you come out of your prayer closet, the world hasn't caught up with you yet. The world hasn't caught up with your reality. And I'm telling you that it's only a matter of time before you see in your hands what God revealed in your heart. That's why I keep telling you that greater is coming for you. David had to wait. He had to wait in faith. And we're going to have to do the same thing. Paul said in Galatians 6 and 9, let us as born again believers who believe God, let us not grow weary, get tired of doing what is right. Paul said, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The King James says, it's a due season. There is a season when our breakthrough, our harvest will come due. There's a due date for it. And so as a believer, you got to continue to believe God until that due date. Your job is to not give up, not cave in, not quit, continue to believe. That's what this series is about. Faith and Patience. Say amen to that. All right. So David, he didn't give up. And after Ishbosheth's death, the leaders of all the tribes of Israel, they came together. They had a meeting and they come to David and they said, okay, listen, David, this, this, these are the elders. Now they say, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our King, you were the one that really led the forces. Anyway, you were a military general and you had great exploits. And now the Lord has said to you, the Lord has spoken, and we acknowledge it, that you will be the shepherd of my people, Israel, that you will be Israel's leader. Just like sheep follow a shepherd, we will follow you. So they were acknowledging that God, God's hand was on David. They were acknowledging you're supposed to be the king. And so you know what they did? They anointed him, my God, king of Israel. Like, I mean, it finally happened. They anointed him as king of Israel. The Bible says that he was 30 years old when he took over the throne in Judah. And it took seven and a half years for, for this thing to happen. So most scholars believe he was 17 years old, going back to the promise and the performance. He was 17 years old when the prophet came to his house, said, you're going to be the king of Israel. He was 30 years old when he became the king of Judah. Seven more years, 37 years old when he became the king of Israel. 
So God gave him a promise and it took 20 years. But when it happened, it came to pass when it was the due season. It's like, like today, we're in 2020. God gives you a word today, like today. God gives you a word. You write it down. You call your girlfriend. You believe God. You write it on your mirror. You're like, you, you got it. There's no way in your mind that you're going to think that it's not going to happen until 2040. Let's just be honest. If God gives you a word today, 2020, there's no way you're going to think that it's not going to happen until 2040. But I'm saying that that's how it is sometimes with God. That's why you got to walk by faith and patience. David endured many trials and heartaches and pains and all of that in those 20 years. But God gave him the grace to, to wait. And when his season of harvest came due, he became the king of Israel. So what does this mean for you today? I've already said a lot, but I'm going to give you three more nuggets as I close. What does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning. And now when I get to these three things, I want you to rid your heart, your mind of all distractions, open up your heart to receive three things. Number one, here we go. The first one is there's a proper time when your harvest will come due. There's, there's a time for your harvest to come due. There's like a due date connected to the promise. So unless the Lord tells you when he's going to manifest the promise, the, the truth is you don't know. You don't know how long the space is between the promise and the performance. But you can rest assured that when that time comes, God is going to do it because he said it. If God said it, that settles it. God cannot, he cannot lie. Like, I mean, it is impossible for God to lie. So you have a due season. You have a due date. Just like, you know, somebody waiting on a baby, they have a due date. You have a due date. The problem is you just don't know what that is. And so as a believer, you got to continue to believe God because your promise has a due date connected to it. So you have to continue to believe God, to run your race with patience, to run with patience the race that is set before you. I'm running my race with my grace at my pace. And you never give up. You never cave in. You never quit because you know that your promise has a due date. And you are going to continue to believe God until that day comes, until it comes due. Now, you may not know when it's going to happen. I already covered that. But you got to know who you're believing for. Like, like who in whom you have placed your confidence. If your confidence is in God and not in you, then you're going to be able to keep your faith switch in the on position no matter how long it takes. See, in this series, I pray that I'm helping you to understand the importance of faith and patience, right? I, I, I pray that I'm helping you to understand that, yeah, it's okay to be in church and your pastor says something, and the Holy Spirit says something, and you write it down, and you get excited, and you sow a seed, and you high-five your neighbor, right? Maybe you might even dance a little bit. That's cool. You received it in faith. But what if this thing doesn't happen for 17 weeks or 17 months? Are you prepared to add patience to your faith? Are you prepared to live by faith and patience? Are you prepared to continue to believe God? Listen, as a born-again believer... The goal is for you to experience victory after victory after victory after victory. But it's not because you're so good and it's not because you don't experience challenges. The believers that experience victory after victory after victory after victory are believers who just never give up, never cave in, never quit. They're just going to continue to believe God. Come hella high water. Whatever God said is going to come to pass. Matter of fact, this morning as I was preparing for this message, I don't know why I went to this. I went to this song from 1963, Sam Cooke. He said, Sam Cooke, and you know the song, he said, it's been a long time coming, but I know change is going to come. As a believer, no matter how long it takes, you have to believe that there's a season when your harvest 
is going to come due. Number two, you ready? Number two, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Now, this is simple, but I got to keep telling this to you. You will reap the harvest, but you can't quit. That's what Paul said. You cannot give up. You cannot cave in. You cannot quit. In, in most cases, listen, let's say somebody does give up. Let's say somebody says, okay, I was believing God for this. It's taking too long. Forget it. Even then, I believe that they're still going to get it, but their lack of faith is going to cause a delay. Like I've been in church many times where, you know, I'm, I'm preaching or we have an altar ministry and then God will bring something up where somebody forgot or, or stopped believing God for something that God said 10 years ago. And God reminds them of it because he says, you're still going to, you're still going to have it. Like my giftings and my callings are without repentance. Now you stop believing. And so since you stop believing, it's not that you're going to be denied, but you're going to be delayed. You know why you're going to be delayed? Because you stop believing. See, there's a reason, or let me say it this way. There, there's a season. Let's say that you get the promise here and you're supposed to receive the performance here. But in that space, you stop believing God. Okay. Now you're no longer in faith, right? Now you can have a faith failure. But now when your due date comes, your due date comes, boom, now God is ready to do it, but you're not ready because you're not believing God no more. So now God will, I believe the Holy Spirit will eventually get you to believe again. He will, he will work with you to, to believe again. He will work with you to get your faith back up. He will work with you to open up your heart and all those things. And you're still going to get it. But at that point, you were not denied, but you were delayed. You were delayed because of your unbelief. So I would rather just not have to deal with that situation. Just keep on believing. Just never give up. Never cave in. Never quit. Just keep on believing. If God said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he will make it good. So one of the best ways to keep on believing, one of the best ways to just say, you know what? I'm never going to cave in. I'm never going to quit. Is to, I'm going to circle back to something I said earlier, is to place your confidence in God. Paul said it this way. In, second, in 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 and 12, I'm going to give it to you from the Rick Pena version, right? RPV. You ready? First Timothy chapter two, verses 11 and 12, RPV, Rick Pena version. Paul said, despite everything that I'm suffering and enduring as a result of pursuing God's purpose for my life, I am not tired. I'm not ashamed. You know why? I know in whom I have believed and I am convinced that God will bring to pass those things that I have entrusted into his hands. See, as a born again believer, David believed God. He got it. Paul believed God. He got it. You know why? Because there's some things that you are going to have to entrust in God's hands. There's some things that you're going to say, you know what? I believe God. I, there's some days where you're not going to feel like it. There's some days where you're not going to feel like praying. You're not going to feel like praising. You're not going to feel like believing. You're not going to feel like reading your word, all of that. But at the end of the day, you say, God, I'm going to put my confidence in you. I know God is going to do it. God is going to do it despite me. I'm just, there's going to, look, I'm just going to continue to believe. And I know that I have entrusted some things into God and grace is coming for me. Say amen to that. All right. Number three. And finally, as I close, and this is the, the last, I, I saved the best for last. My God, you ready? Last point. Number three, God will make it worth your weight. I'm telling you, we serve a God that when he finally does it, he will make it worth your weight. God will give you double for your trouble. You, you have an idea right now. You have an idea of what you're believing God for. You have an idea of the, what like you can imagine it. You can see yourself. But in Ephesians 3 and 20, Paul said, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you can ask or think or even imagine. God has a way of blessing your socks off. God has a way of blessing you far beyond anything that you can imagine. So as I close, let me close with this. Let me say it this way. 
Think of it. Think of a young lady who's pregnant. She's a young, uh, a young uh, wife. They just got married. She's pregnant. Never had a baby before. Now she believes that she has an idea of what it's going to be like to be a mother. She believes that she has an idea of what it's going to be like to hold this baby. And she believes she has an idea of what it's going to be like to go through labor, right? And, and, and the pain. She thinks she knows, but she, she doesn't know. And so now she's going through this process. And as she's going through the process, she has complications. And because of complications, she's, she's dealing with all types of pain. She can't eat. She can't sleep. She can't hold nothing down. She's in pain. She's going through this. She's going through that. Matter of fact, there's so many complications that the last seven weeks of pregnancy, they say you got to be on bed rest. They make her stay in the hospital. She's in the hospital. Her, her, her husband is driving back and forth to work and to seeing her in the hospital and all this stuff. And the family members have come and, and they're praying and everybody's praying. And, and, and the doctor keeps saying that they're at the risk of losing the baby and all of that stuff. All the complications. Oh God. Oh why? Why me? Why is this happening? All of that. They go through all the pain and the suffering and all of that. And then the baby comes. And matter of fact, when the baby's coming, oh my gosh, she's like, I can't believe the pain, right? She's going through more pain than she ever thought that she could, she could even handle. But at the end of all of that, when she's holding the baby, I'm telling you, the suffering that she went through is not worthy to be compared with the, the joy that she would experience when she's holding the baby. It's like when she's holding the baby, all of that pain, all of that stuff, it just washes off of her. It doesn't even matter anymore. She went through stuff for, for, for months, but it doesn't matter. Why? Because what she's holding is far greater than what she went through. And so that's how it is with us. David became the king of Israel after 20 years. And once he became the king, he, he lived as the king of Israel for the rest of his life. And he maximized his purpose and potential while he was in the land of the living. And while he was living as king, he could forget it. Thus, the things that he went through in those 20 years while he was waiting to become king, it didn't even matter anymore. They fail in comparison to the glory which God will reveal in you. I'm telling you that the sufferings, Paul said, of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in you when you start walking in your divine assignment. That's why I keep saying that greater is coming for you. Don't give in. Don't cave up. Don't quit. I'm telling you, when you finally get it, it's going to be better than you imagined. It's going to be greater than you expected. It will be exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. I'm telling you that when you finally get it, God is going to blow your mind. So keep your heart open to receive. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. My God, you ready? This is a very strong declaration. So I need you to say this in faith. Say, Father, I thank you for the many precious promises that you have given me through your word, through others, or directly by your spirit. I stand on every word. I know you're not a man of your, uh, I know you're not a man that you should lie. You're not the son of man that you should change your mind. You have said it. You will perform it. You have spoken it. You shall make it good. However, I know that your promises will not manifest overnight. I don't know how long the space is between the promise and the performance, but I'm determined to wait in faith without wavering. I shall see in my hands what I can see in my heart. In your realm, Father, it's already done. In my realm, it has yet to come to pass. But I receive it in my heart. I call it done by faith. And I refuse to allow 
what I see to cause me to change what I say. There is a season when my harvest will come due and I will wait in faith for my due season. And Father, I know what type of God you are. You take pleasure in blessing your servants. So I have an idea of what it's going to be like. But when it finally happens, it's going to be greater than that. I open my heart to receive everything you want to release. And I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I'm telling you, God is going to blow your mind. When, you, when God finally does it, when you finally get it, it's going to be better than you imagine. God is going to blow your mind. God will make it worth your weight. God will give you double for the trouble. So listen, go into this day with your heart open to receive. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. And later on, if you're working and you're tired or you're frustrated, play this message again. This thing will get you fired up. I love you, and God loves you more. I will see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.